When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and John on Score North and scorenorth.com. Ooh, boy. That was an ass kicking. Actually, I think it. I think is is probably the right word because the game is still happening. We're like, ah, what are we waiting for at this point? Uh, they're down by like 30 points. So uh, let's chalk, chalk it up to uh, a successful two games in Memphis. The Wolves stole home court advantage. This game does not matter. It's a throwaway. I guess it matters to Declan because you had Wolves in four there. for uh, You had that market five. cornered for like. Wolves in five. I don't Wolves know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Wolves in five. In fact, can we can we do it? Can we fire it up? Can we fire up a little, uh, little wolves and five? Wolves and five. Wolves and five. Wolves and five. I got nothing for you. No, okay. I got nothing for you guys. I got nothing for you guys. If anyone is going to be positive, I insist we fire the Bally Sports North theme because that's the only way. They're gonna fire me. Yeah, what's no. the spin here? So it's one twenty to ninety two as we sit here. the uh, The Timberwolves have been outscored in the paint fifty eight to thirty. Yeah. And they've been out rebounded. Well, not not as bad anymore. Forty five thirty. What's all right? What's the positive spin here, Judd? <laughs> Coming up next. So the last time I checked in, credit to Jim Pete, he can't do it. But Dave Benz, when they started to go on, like they started to get a few points. I, I was going to say a run. That was the stupidest thing. When they started, like when to get they a few scored a basket, points, he's like, you know, it's a lot to chip away at. But yeah, yes. gotta never know. Yes, fact, you know is. what? You could almost sing the theme song while doing the play, play by play. All oh, the wolves just got a basket, so it's not hopeless as it looks. Please, please, please stay tuned. Oh my gosh! All right, so so do you take this game and just completely flush it? Are there things that you sort of, I guess, let, let me throw it out there. All right, I uh, I hated. The fouls that Carl Anthony Towns picked up early, you know, yep. he's you know he winds up with he winds up with two fouls early, picks up the third with like seven minutes. Now Finch had some faith in him and said, "I'm going to keep you in the game the rest of the first quarter, or at least until your 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 normal shift is up, so to right. speak. Yeah. Your normal rotation is up, and then he kicks the right leg out on the three point attempt, yeah. which is like he he does that like once every couple weeks, maybe even more than that." It's just, it's such an immature thing. And then to turn around and throw your arms up and chirp at the official, it's like, like that type of thing. It's, it's so hard to get past that type of immaturity and think, okay, the Wolves can persevere through a rocky game or two and get back on track. Like, I still think they have a good chance to win the series. 
And ultimately, if you would have asked me before the series started, would you take a split in Memphis? Absolutely. Take it and run to the bank. But at some point, Carl Anthony Towns just has to grow up on the basketball court. You can't you can't commit fouls like that and then complain to the official and throw your arms up in the air. Um, somebody somebody in the YouTube comment section here, Mason Schmidt said, Jared, is Jared Culver? Jared Culver's in the game. Yep. Jared, <laughs> this game yeah. is so Josh bad. Josh Kogi is in the game for the Timberwolves, and Jared Culver is checked into the game. Oh, yeah, this man. game is it's 124-92, and the Wolves just shockingly missed, I believe, another three-point attempt. Yeah. So, all right, so uh, to what extent do you just flush this and say, listen, whatever, game one was enough, now it's back to uh, to Target Center. And how much do you say, ooh, okay, that's well, not good? strategically part of the problem is as far as uh, guys getting into foul trouble early. Cheers. Yeah, yeah my coffee, <laughs> it ain't just coffee. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my Surly, but uh, let's just say we broke out the big boy. Need a little something stronger than a Kahlua. Kahlua and coffee. A little spicy yep. seltzer for me. A little yep. spicy seltzer. Very nice. Very nice. nice. Okay. Okay. Um, so as far as the foul trouble goes, in the first quarter, I think part of the problem was the fact that uh, Steven Adams actually got in early foul trouble. Like sort of showed, and I don't know why the Grizz didn't realize this, but... There's no question Memphis is a better team matchup-wise against the Wolves if Steven Adams isn't playing. I know. So I think the fact— Two fouls, three minutes, it's like, damn it. Yeah, exactly, because now it's (laughs) like, oh, my God, he's never going to get back in. (laughs) Um, And and so that that exposes a problem. So here's my thing with Kat. I think think through my Kahlua and coffee haze, I've come to realize what the problem is partially with with Cat and like the kick out. Because you're right, he does that a lot. And it's the stupidest thing. Um, And his foul trouble, especially from an offensive standpoint. And you know what I think part of what gets him in trouble is? Now, first of all, let me make this extremely clear. I think he's a star player and he is an exceptional athlete, okay? So, so what I'm about to say, I am not saying that, like, this is no dig against Cat. But when he drives the lane or kicks out, there's, a, there's times he, that he does so, and it looks so uncoordinated. Like, he, like he lopes down the line, and, and his, his arms and legs are flailing at times. I think it becomes more tempting for the officials to call that. Like, if he could somehow keep his moves w- within his body, because he flails. A lot. He flails. Yeah, he's a flailer. But, he's a but flailer, I think he sure. thinks. But I don't know if he thinks that flailing works or if he just can't help himself. But the flailing, I think, is what gets him into a large amount of trouble because it looks so disjointed that officials glum onto to that and yeah. call it. I think that that is actually a problem. I don't know if it can be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, he's a he's a flailer. He's definitely a flailer. Um, you know, he's kind of an, an emotional flailer too. Oh, that's absolutely true. But I mean, it's it's going down the lane like this. Yeah. Do you ever notice too when he runs back on defense? I'm gonna kind of demonstrate it here because I've had a seltzer too. He like really puts his back in and then he takes off. Like I noticed yes, this yeah. in the last. Like I don't know if it's just because he's a large human, but right. the way he he's just a gets little back, uncoordinated. Even though yeah, he's from, yes, it's crazy because he's one of the most skilled seven footers the NBA has ever seen. Like he can drive from the top of the key. He can he can shoot better than any seven footer in NBA history, but he's a little bit uncoordinated. But I think like like that offensive foul, the kick out with the leg, that goes beyond just like quirky coordination. 
That's a calculated yeah. kick out with your leg. And then the ref calls you on it, and your first instinct is to is to oh, what do you mean? Right? It's a very, but it's, it's a very, it's like a, it's a very narcissistic behavior. It's just it, it's a weird personality quirk that definitely costs the Timberwolves games. You know, it doesn't it's, work. That's what drives me crazy. It consistently does not work. So what are you doing, dude? Um, I think another problem with so so like as far as th- this game goes, if you're Chris Finch and the Wolves. You've got to, um, like, you got to dismiss it and say, we got a game there. That's great. But as far as, like, what you saw, and and this is what makes the playoff series so much fun, Memphis made some nice adjustments. Like, they did some, and the Wolves played or are playing a bad game, but they definitely focused more on on Ant. D'Lo remains cold, which is a problem at this point. And they definitely uh, focus more on Cat. And so I guess my question for Game 3 on Thursday back here is, what is what are Chris Finch's adju- adjustments to Memphis's adjustments going to be? Because there are definitely some things that Memphis did differently. And you can't n- now say, well, after one game, you know what? They got it figured out. We're screwed. So what do you do on Thursday night at Target Center to adjust? Well, I think that, I think the biggest things like if you just it's funny sometimes the box score doesn't tell you the whole story. Like the game against the Clippers, you look at the box score and you're like, "Oh wow, okay, Paul George went off." Uh, you know, the the Clippers had a bunch of advantages in certain areas, but the Wolves won the game. Like the box score wouldn't tell you the whole story there. The box score kind of tells the story here tonight. The Grizzlies shot almost 50% from the field, and the game is officially over now, 124 to 96. If you're joining us here, Thanks for hanging out with us, you fellow Timberwolves masochists. You can't get enough discussion about one of the <laughs> ugliest losses of the season, uh, but we appreciate you. Please click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and uh, the like button on this video because we'd like to spread the word about this therapy session here. But Grizzlies shoot almost 50%. Wolves shoot under 40%. Uh, Wolves go from shooting pretty lights out from three in game one to shooting under 30% from three in game two. Rebounds, Memphis, an eight-rebound advantage, a 10-rebound advantage on the offensive boards. Wolves only had four offensive rebounds in this game, so (laughs) possessions were just... So they weren't shooting well, and then they weren't getting second chances. Which, like, so, okay, how are you going to make up for it? Well, you better better be knocking down some threes or doing something. Like, it's really hard to not shoot well and then not get second chances. I mean, it's, it's... Unless the other team is just turning the ball over at will and you just get more shots off, but... Uh, but the biggest discrepancy in the box score tonight, well, turnovers were 20 to 12, too. The Wolves had almost double the turnovers. Points in the paint. Memphis had 60 points in the paint to the Wolves, 34. Now, John Morant is one of the best paint scorers of any size in the NBA. And so they're going to have a rebounding advantage in the series. They're going to have a points in the paint advantage in a lot of ways. And so if you aren't changing the math on three-pointers in other areas, you aren't winning. And you're going to get drubbed by 25 or 30. And so this is one of those games where I actually think, you know, there's the box score kind of tells you, yeah, you got to you got to grab more rebounds when you get home. And you either need to do a better job matching Memphis in the paint or canceling them out with three pointers or just do a better job of preventing John Morant from getting into the paint at will. There was one moment where Patrick Beverly. So John Morant was loading up a three from the top of the key in the second quarter. And Patrick Beverly sprints out to run him off the three-point line. And then John Morant just dribbles into the paint 
and gets a layup, and I think it was a layup and an and one. It's like I would actually rather take my chances. I'm not going to give him a wide open look, but like I would stop short of running him off the three point line, put a hand up, and make him hit threes. I don't want him running off the three point line to get in the paint where he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. So that that's a thing too. Uh, so I don't know. The box score says a lot for this game, boys. I didn't like to the fact that I believe it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, 20 total fouls called in, in the first quarter. Did the Wolves were in the bonus with nine minutes yeah. to go in the first quarter? <laughs> but here's what I didn't like, and and I think Ben's broached this on the telecast, and I actually think it's a detriment. Um, he talked about about the fact that the Wolves got out of their game because of all the fouls called. But to what you just said, Phil, the truth is the Grizzlies were called for a ton as well. Um, the Wolves tonight, for lack of a better term to start off with, you guys felt to me way too mentally fragile. Like this is the playoffs, guys. You're going to have to adjust. Things are going to go incredibly wrong. Uh, it felt like Saturday that I think that I think the Wolves trailed in the entirety of the game on Saturday for like 43 seconds or a ridiculously small amount mm-hmm. of time. So everything went right, and they played a really good game. But that being said, this is a playoff series in which a ton is going to go wrong. And it felt like when things didn't go the Wolves' way tonight early on, Pat Bev, who, look, I love the intensity, but you can't melt down. Like, he could have drawn a second technical in the first quarter and been tossed. Uh, You've got to keep it together. And I didn't like the fact that it really felt that the officiating got the Wolves off their game when really the officiating – was was I thought too much. Nonetheless, they were calling fouls on both teams constantly. Yeah. So like it's not like the Wolves got screwed and and the Grizzlies weren't being called. And how many re- we had like two or three reviews in the first three minutes of the game too. It was, it was ridiculous. just the game started ten minutes later than advertised, and then they stopped the game a hundred times for fouls right. and reviews. And listen, it's not an excuse because the Grizzlies had to stop the game too. But you know, I think being able to get into a flow and, and get up tempo. The other thing too is you know, the Wolves. I think a lot has a lot too much has been made about. Well, the Wolves lack playoff experience, as if Memphis has all sorts. Like Memphis played a series last year with this nucleus, so right. both these teams lack playoff experience. And I think when the the crowd seemed pretty dead because of I don't know maybe it was late arriving, maybe it was the the whistles and stuff. But like once the Grizzlies got rolling in the second quarter, the arena came to life. And I think sometimes when the Wolves you know, when the other team starts going downhill and, and and the snowball starts to to build and build and the crowd starts to get into it and emotions start to get high and it gets a little bit chippy, you know, the Wolves sometimes have a hard time just taking a step back and taking a deep breath. And I thought I thought tonight was one of those instances where it was just like they didn't have a counterpunch for the energy that Memphis was bringing. Also, let's be honest, man, Mike, this was kind of a must win for Memphis. You do not want... I know this sounds... Stugatz made the joke on Levitard. Declan and I were laughing about this off there. Like, you don't want to go back to Minnesota down two games to none. You know, that's a that's a fierce place historically to be. But, like, you don't. Like, you don't want to go. It doesn't matter if it's Minnesota or any place. You don't want to be down two games to none off of your first two home games. So this was kind of a must win for Memphis. Not that the Wolves weren't taking it seriously because I think that they were and they just got beat tonight. But, like, the mission was accomplished in game one. Take home court advantage get back to Minnesota with at least one win under your belt, and then now the next couple nights you're going to have 
energy. The building's going to be rocking. You're going to have all those things. That you're, you know, there's a chance that officials might start to sway your way. So ultimately, tonight was a huge buzzkill. But overall, the first two games are a huge, huge positive and win for the Timberwolves. Jaden's point here, though, is a good one. Uh, D'Lo tonight, 3 of 11, and he had 11 points, 2 yeah. of 7 from 3. He's settling for too many crappy he's shots, pick man. It up. But, I mean, he's got to pick it up. You will, you will lose if you don't get more from him. He can't. Yeah. I, I mean, this is back... You will lose now, and it's a win too. But I mean, this is back-to-back games of just from the field, just horrible shooting. Yeah, and he was doing his best to obviously drop draw fouls, and like that was clearly a mo of him. But to be honest, like in the first half, Cat attempted zero three pointers. Dilo was one of three. I know Anthony Edwards was bricking a ton in the first half, but it just felt like the Wolves got completely away from their game. And even when they were taking threes, like they weren't good looks. Outside of Jaden McDaniels, like, literally airballing four three-point attempts today, it just didn't seem like the Wolves were playing their game. And they mm-hmm. tried to play this fast, up-tempo game like Memphis kind of t- tries to do. And if they do that, they're going to lose. It'd be like if the Wild tried to play in a track-meet-style game with Colorado. Like, you're going to lose. They, they literally stumbled to their opponent. I think, like, I mean, there's some lineups where I, th- I think the Wolves, like, when Anthony Edwards is out there, like, there are definitely some lineups where I want the Wolves to play up-tempo. But, like, to your point, yeah, Memphis, you got to be careful in that building against that team with certain lineup combinations that you don't get run out of the gym like they did. On the three-point thing, to Dex's point, Cat shot one three-pointer tonight. One three-pointer tonight. Yep. Um, in game one, what did he shoot in game one? It was a small handful? Had, I don't know. He had 29. Uh, I think, I he think had, he five, he like, had five. He took, yeah. he took five in game one. But, you know, it's just, uh, and, you know, foul trouble was part of it, and they, you know, they obviously took the starters out toward the end of the game, but how can you scheme him to shoot six or seven three-pointers and not forced looks? Just How do you get him open? And maybe maybe you got to get creative because obviously now that these two teams have played each other six times, they know how you traditionally try to get him open. Yep. And like in the regular season, you run pick and roll. D'Lo or Ant or you know whoever's running the point, Patrick Beverly, you run pick and roll. Cat. Drops out to the wing or top of the key, gets a quick flash open, and he shoots a three, right? Well, you know, they are very much locked in on what was working in the regular season. So now it's all about the chess match. How can Chris Finch create five, six, seven open three-point looks for one of the great shooters in the NBA? And which he is. Like, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he can't get a shot off. Steven Adams, bring him back. Play him more, Memphis. Play him yeah, how more. Do you, can you I'm, just... I'm, I'm, Saturday was so great because he couldn't match up with Cat, and they wouldn't Dude, take they him should out let, enough. They should let Steven Adams score like six consecutive points in the first quarter. Just just open the lane. He's let Steven Adams get six points. Like, court. oh, Steven Adams is off to a great oh, start. We can't take not, him off the court. We, we can't <laughs> stop him. You might want to leave him out there for all four quarters. 48 minutes. Oh, Play him man. 48. <laughs> Um, all right, what else stood out to you guys? What else? Actually, let me. I saw this nugget from the first. We were talking about the fouls and just like the the dreadful pace in the first half of this game. Yes. And uh, ESPN stats and information has this nugget that Memphis and Minnesota just combined to shoot thirty three free throws in the first quarter, tied for the most in any quarter in any game over the past twenty five years. Amazing. Royce discussed this, and he's exactly right. And here's the thing. This is playoff basketball, okay? Can we please not call everything? Like, can we? It feels like there 
itching to call and and look. Well, they're trying to set the tone. Yeah, but I don't need the tone. It's not like it's not like we're go- going to actually have fights. Like, there's no reason. Let them play through it because, like, the games. This series, for the most part, I don't think is going to be like a super artistic, attractive. Oh my God, this is the best basketball, right? Like, it's playoff basketball. A lot of it's just a grind, which I'm fine with. That's great. But let them grind to a certain point. I'm not saying allow guys to mug each other, but I am saying this. You know, those reviews, you know, early in the first quarter, were they necessary? Like, Pat Bev slapped down. Okay, that's a foul. But, like, and, and then. and then Is that a technical? Like, Vanderbilt got slapped in the face. Like. Is that? Do we really need to take time to? Yeah, he got slapped. He fell down. By the way, he, I didn't think that was a flagrant either. I don't and, know. It just, and he uh, embellished. But my point is, let him embellish and lay there, and just keep playing. Like I, yeah. I just I don't need to see the referees inject themselves to the point where they're setting records for free throws. It's yeah. not exciting, and it slows the game down. Let the tempo at least exist, because it felt to me like tonight especially in that opening quarter, there was zero tempo because they were whistling everything. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I agree. I, and again, it, it, you know, the, the officials didn't like, or, or just to just to clarify, like the officials had nothing to do with the Wolves losing the oh, game. No. It was more just about the, like, why are we starting the game with 33 like, free no, throws? I don't and, the game. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch guys blow a whistle. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. This has nothing to do with the loss. It has to do with, with the fact that this is not, going to be like a super attractive series it's not like these calls now are going to get them to play really fun basketball just let the series exist as it's going to exist another sneaky thing that the wolves have to overcome in this series is and and it was kind of like this in the regular season too he just memphis is not the best matchup for jared vanderbilt which is weird because i feel like he can find a way to make an impact against almost any team but he's He's not really an impactful rebounder against Memphis. He's not gonna he's not gonna be shooting from outside, right? So they just kind of leave him unguarded in in certain instances. Yep. And so he wound up playing only nine minutes tonight. He was actually a minus seven in the nine minutes that he played. He knocked down the uh, the flagrant free throw that was his only point. Uh, two rebounds in nine minutes. And in game one, they only had him out there for eighteen. So he's only played twenty seven minutes in the whole series so far. And. Um, I just don't know, like if if you if it's not really a Jared Vanderbilt series, which again I feel like the way that he goes about playing, I feel like he can find ways to add value, getting hands in passing lanes, being an energy guy, grabbing some rebounds. So I'm not ruling him out for the series yet, but to this point, he hasn't really found a way to fit in and add yep. value. And so if if that's going to be the case, and you're going to have to run other guys out there for more minutes, whether it's you know, Jade McDaniels or Nas Reed, who, by the way, Nas Reed knocked on a couple threes tonight, grabbed a couple rebounds, but like, man, he has stone hands sometimes. There was a couple plays oh. where, again, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Just like wide open in the paint, boom, like ball bounces off his hand. So, um, you know, they're going to have to find a way to, it, there's not really like a way to get Jared Vanderbilt going in the way that you would get Cat going. Cause like Cat, you get him going by trying to get him open shots. Like Vanderbilt, you're not, you're not drawing up plays for Vanderbilt. So how can he find a way to make an impact and be out there for more than either 9 or 18 minutes when the Wolves get back home to Target Center? That's something to keep an eye on. So. That's right. 
Yeah. That's fair. But D'Lo, hit, hit your damn shots, man. Hit, well, hit just, some shots. Just in general, though, like, they did not get very good production off their bench today. Like, Jaden McDaniels played 21 minutes, aired a crap ton of threes. Um, Malik Beasley was a minus 27 one on the court tonight. Oh, excuse me, minus 24 went on the court tonight. Yeah, and Nas that. Reed just had some clunker with hands. Like, they, they had moments, too. And I know the Memphis played really well without Jaw this year. I think, like, what, they only lost, like, five or six games or whatever it was. But they had moments where they could have pulled away and made the game a lot of it uh, really interesting when Ja left the game. They were never able to do that. They yeah. never got quality minutes at all. So how did so, – so this is crazy. Again, the box score says so much about this game. Like, the game was ugly to watch, but when you really look at it, so Carl Anthony Towns played 28 minutes. Malik Beasley played 22 minutes. So these guys combined for 50 minutes and three three-point attempts. Those are pretty much your two best three-point shooters, right? Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley. And they in 50 minutes, they combined for three three-point attempts. Now, credit Memphis, especially with Towns, for just running him out. Like, they, they just weren't right. giving him open looks. They were doubling him at times. So they did a good job. And with Beasley, yeah, I think they saw what happened in the first game, and they see what happens when he gets hot. It's like, let's let's run out there. Let's not give him open looks. But those guys can't be out there for 50 minutes and only shoot three three-pointers combined. Like, that is, I can't emphasize this enough. If you're going to win this series, you have to hammer them at the three-point line. If you aren't changing the math and having a huge mathematical advantage at the three-point line, I don't think you can stand toe-to-toe with them, points in the paint, rebounds, offensive rebounds, getting to the free-throw line. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't know if you can win another game in the series if you're not going to have huge advantages at the three-point line. This is where the lack of of a big man that can play with Towns hurts them, too. Because if you had that guy who, who could protect the rim and could allow cat to roam but the problem is you don't like you've got guys but they're not the guy and that's where if this team had that player it, it would it would give you flexibility because one of the most important things in game one was very simple cat didn't pick up his first foul till the third quarter so he maintained a freedom to play um that disappeared quickly t- tonight I, I think he had two uh two fouls in the first quarter alone so the reality is this there is a very good chance that for the wolves to take the next step they're going to have to find a big man who can play on the floor with cat at the same time who can provide production because phil i think you're right like jared does his thing well but it's a very specified thing and you're never going to run plays for him or expect him to score points Nas to me is is so hit and miss like if Nas starts to shoot threes well, that's great, but it always it always goes away at some point. So the reality is the Wolves might be seeing and what their downfall might be is what we've been talking about for months, which is can you find in the coming months somebody to pair with Cat to allow Cat the freedom that would probably at least keep him away from foul trouble a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, the and the only if you're wondering oh, is there is like, how deep <laughs> into the rotation can they can they dive into I mean really the only other option for playing time would be Greg Monroe who they signed to a contract at the end of the season um I don't I don't think Greg Monroe is going to be the key to unlock things here and again I don't I don't know that there's like a crisis to react to here you look at the score and say oh my god you got beat by almost 30 I I 
I don't know that there's a crisis here. I think you you get D Lo is the closest thing I would say to a crisis because he was playing kind of like this down the stretch too. Now he he bounced out of it for two or three games. Yep. But you know this is a this is a, a soft salary cap league. He is a max player making you know whatever it is thirty thirty five million dollars. He's right there next to Carl Anthony Towns in terms of salary cap allocation. And you can't have these performances, which he puts up, like these three for 11s where he's just hoisting these bad shots and disappearing. Like, dude, you are a you are a max player. Like, there is a big three on this team on paper, and you are one of them. So um, I think the three-point shooting has to be advantage Timberwolves going forward. And I think if, D, if they can do that and if D'Lo can wake up at home for a couple games, they're still in a really good spot here because they stole game one. But if those things don't happen, yeah, it could get ugly. So those are the two. D'Lo and three-pointers rebounding, too. But they've you know, you know they they've held their own for the most part on, on the boards. Uh, the offensive boards tonight were, were swayed. But those are the two things. And they've got to get – they do have to find a way to get cat shots. Like, the, the Grizzlies did a very good job, I thought, tonight of cracking down on Ant and Cat. So I guess – my question for Chris Finch is what are you going to do in game three to change that? Cause like, like that's the great thing. Now we, we've seen, we've seen the wolves come out and win game one. Now we saw the Grizzlies adjust and mm. easily win game two. So the question now is what is Finchy going to do to sort of sway this back? And I'm not saying that, that, that the Grizzlies are going to go away from what they did tonight. But you got to find a way to combat it. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be something that you at least make an effort to do. That. But you know what? This is I will say this too. You know, I I don't want them to just get smoked the next three games. But like this back and forth chess match, you win game one, you get smoked in game two. Now you go to the film room, you adjust. Like this is perfect postseason experience. Mm-hmm. This is great. Like you need this. You all like you needed to get drubbed in a game, and then okay. What what does the chessboard look like? What's the counter move? How do we keep our composure? Okay, this is happening here. Like the chippiness that goes into playing a team four times in the regular season, and then four, five, six, seven more times in the postseason. Like you you need this to take steps forward in the Western Conference. So you know maybe I'm Mister Glass half full here, but I'm whatever. Like they got their asses kicked tonight, but they're sitting here in the playoffs for the second time since 2004. This is what happens. You bounce back. I mean, hell, and remember, you know, the, the best series in franchise history was the Sacramento Kings in 2004. They got smoked in game six. Smoked. They got beat by like 20 points in game six and then came back home for loading up the clips and the Uzis and the silencers, some joints with some silencers on them, KG. Like, it happens. You get smoked. Memphis is a really good team. Sorry, Dex, I know you thought they were going to sweep the series, but like... No, it's okay. This is how it works. That's come okay. back, come back at home and throw another punch, baby. Let's nah, get Michael it. Stone's right. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. You guys sound like K fan right now. Right Reality now. check just wow. lost by a thirty. What? I need to see. I look. I need to. Well, see. So the series is over because they lost. Like they they stole home court on this trip to Memphis. That's the right. most important thing, right? But come back tonight and at least play a representative game. I, I mean, I 30, thirty points is embarrassing. Uh, it happens. I'm not gonna. I need I'm to see a lot. I'm not too worried. This game, this to, series goes at least six. Still, 
They will win at it least another game six. in this series. It should go six. It should go six, but I need to see a lot more. I was disappointed. Okay. I don't like the fact I don't like the fact that it it got away from them initially because of mental weakness that this team has displayed previously. I hate that. Be tougher. I mean, Pat Bev, come on, man. And Pat Bev, don't melt down. Don't don't melt down. Be tough. You're tough, dude. You're Chicago tough. I want to see that. Cat, be tougher. Like this, this is the most. Well, cat's important. not tough. The cat's not tough. I know, tough. But, but get tougher. D'Lo, get tougher. Like that. This is what I want to see. I don't want to see, well, things aren't. I just, this team drives me nuts at times because it's like, well, things didn't go our way in the opening quarter. And then they start to, it's like, yeah, you know what? The officiating was calling way too many fouls on both teams. It can't throw you off your game completely. Right. But like, I guess my question back to, to the room here, you know, in terms of like the panic side of the, the fans, and maybe Judd is, what did you expect? I'm not Memphis, Me- Memphis is one of the best teams in the NBA. Memphis has one of the best players in the NBA. They're the best rebounding team. They play great defense. At home, they're really hard to beat. I'm not panicked. They, they only lost 11 home games not, all year. I'm not no? panicked. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed <laughs> off by performance, and I want these guys to be mentally tougher. I hate weak teams. I hate mentally weak. Woe is us. We got too many fouls called. That's well, what I want. You can lose, but lose in a representative way. Don't just let your guard down and be like, well, nothing's going right for us. Because that's the crap. I, that Like D'Lo, it's mental. Cat, it's mental. Come on. You need more than that. Okay, uh, this guy chimes in and says, you guys have no idea what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Be more specific because we're literally arguing right now. Do we, So, so are, are neither one of us is right? None of us are right? I don't say a lot on the show. I just make predictions that, but, that won't, don't but happen. But you were miffed by tonight's performance. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Oh, miffed? You're not myth. They were going to, well, Declan's myth because he thought the Wolves were going to sweep Memphis, which is ridiculous. I'm not panicked. I'm pissed. (laughs) This was like when the Wolves won game one, it basically said, okay, this is going to be a series of some kind. It didn't guarantee that they were just going to like outplay Memphis for every game in the series. No, I agree with that. There's definitely some things, but I'll say it was my my last thought here. And we can can wrap this and drink the rest of our uh, libations before hitting the head on the pillow tonight. But like. If the Wolves don't shoot better from downtown, yep. and if D'Lo doesn't show up, there's going to be more games like this. If those two things happen, if, if D'Lo shows up and the Wolves shoot threes at a clip like they did in game one, yep. Memphis might be in trouble, especially at Target Center. If D'Lo, so. does, if D'Lo does not show up for the entirety of the series, we have conversations, difficult ones. To have about off season, it. I actually don't even think the conversations are difficult in the off season. Well, but my point is, my point he's is being you, paid to do specific yeah. things, and if he's not going to do specific things, then there's better ways to spend thirty five million dollars. Correct. You can't be part of a big three if you're going to shrink when the big three are needed. Yep. And if Cat's going to be a guy that listen, he's he's a unicorn, so you just have to kind of live with his temperamental personality. You can't like you need everything else to be solid like you need you need mental toughness and i think anthony edwards brings a lot of that he's also 20 years old so it's hard to fully lean on him but like if you're going to live with a unicorn that has just kind of a soft temperamental personality but god dang it the guy puts up 25 and 15 and shoots threes so whatever he needs to be insulated with guys that aren't going to get thrown off or shoot three for 11 every other night so we'll see listen 
See, I got us, baby. This is the playoffs, baby. I got you to my this I got is great. To, to my end of the street. I like <laughs> no. that. I love this. In, inject all of it. We're here for the whole experience, yeah. okay? You can't just sign up for the go. Oh, they won game one. No, like this is it. This is what happens. No, this but is we the playoffs. Are, right, but we, we are a show that offers the reality of the predicament. That's what I like about our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, you're 1,000% right. I'm here for the whole thing. Playoffs are great, but I'm but when, when the Wolves play like crap and, and wilt and melt like the Wild used to, just a bunch of mentally weak saps. I don't like that. Can I get out? The, I just I just want to throw this out before I forget. Before I drink too much red wine here, I want to I want to write that down. Prediction right now here. All right, okay. write this down. So okay. this series going into Game Five will either be tied at two games apiece, or the Timberwolves will be leading three games to one. So what I'm saying is, for anyone who's oh my god, oh, the Grizzlies came five. alive. The Grizzlies aren't going to just win the next two games. The Wolves will either have a 3-1 lead going into Game 5, or the series will be tied at two games apiece. All right. right? this They will be fighting. They're in this. This is great. I freaking love this. People love your commentary here, by the way. So many people. Judd is great. This is the Judd that I right, came for. Right, Quit enabling much. Judd's negativity, okay? There's enough negativity. Why, why don't you fire up the BSN the theme song? <laughs> Chris Finch, it's a 1-1 series, coming back home to Minnesota. (laughs) Phil Benz. Amazing. I love it. Sometimes Jim Pete will just ignore, like when when they're going to blow a game in the fourth fourth quarter, and Ben's just like, oh, they cut it to 17, and Jim Pete's like, dude, come on. Come on now. Game's over. He did that tonight. He just checked out on on Ben's. He couldn't take it anymore. Amazing. All right, any final thoughts from you guys before we... Yes, can I make, can I make a plea, one last plea to Dave Benz? Never mention a two for one opportunity again. Every time the Wolves score a basket late in a quarter, he's like, opportunity for a two for one. Well, two for one. Let's I don't it. need a two Let's for the it. only two for one I want is at Surly Brew Hall. I'll talk to him about that. <laughs> exactly. All right, Dex, Wolves in five. Wolves in five, baby. Wolves in five. You don't sound too confident. Wolves in five. Wolves in five. I get to shave these whiskers off my face here in like 10 minutes. I'm really excited. I, I get, I, I, I'm excited about shave? that. Yeah, I said I would keep it if the Wolves continued to oh, win. That was, that, like was, that was my that So you my meant bargain. like not winning series. You meant like that they're just, no. if they swept through the whole okay. playoffs, yes. then you'd have a, some kind of a beard. Okay. I, I would have kept this going if the Wolves continued to win. I don't like okay. the David Spade whiskers. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> The Joe I just, Dirt look. I, I I look terrible with them. I can't can't do it. Well, your hair looks good though. So. Well, the hair looks great, but but still. Yeah. All, right, All right, boys. All right. All right. That was that was pretty that was atrocious something. performance. But hey, this is playoff basketball, baby. We got you covered. Click that subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and the like button so we can spread the word about these therapy sessions when needed, celebration sessions when warranted. We'll see you guys tomorrow for write that down on Maggie and Judd. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.